Proverbs 23, verse 7. Everything that we are and everything that we do is a result of the inward you. The inward you makes an outward expression through your activities, through your behavior, through your mannerisms, through your manners, through your faith, through your belief. Jesus said, a man shall be judged by every idle word that proceeds from his mouth. Why? Because the Bible says that all these things come from the heart. That's what he said. That all these words that you produce comes from your heart. So everything that you do. So when people ask me, how do I know that I'm a Christian? We'll look at that. This is a very easy uh, thing to know. It's a very easy thing. Um, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever's in your heart will make its way out in words. And I will go on to say that whatever's in your heart will make its way out through your behavior. Okay, because I can say that as an authority based on Galatians chapter five that talks about the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit are often seen in the works of the flesh. Right. So what does that tell me about the spirit? The spirit is the root that brings forth whatever life it's producing into your flesh. Now that's think about that for just a minute. If you've seen the bush right here, and you've seen this big bush, but yet this bush has a great big brown spot in it, and it's all dead on one side, and it's haggard looking. And even on the good side, the leaves are all wilted and starting to fade, and they're yellowing out. Well, it doesn't take long to see that you've got some sort of a problem. Is there a critter on the leaves? Or is it in the roots? And when you look and you find all you got all this root problem going on. And the roots, I can always tell, you know, there's a there, we're, we're on a tree. There's typically whichever side of a tree is having an issue that, that it's having root problems on that side of the tree. And in people's lives, it's no different. You have the spirit of, of God, your, your spirit and, and your soul produces what we can see. That's why the Bible says a tree is what? Known by its fruit. The root in you and what your what substances you're producing is in, in, the, in the anatomy of a tree. The tree takes from the ground, the feeder roots, takes from the ground all the carbohydrates and minerals and, and everything that that tree needs. And it goes up through the phloem of the tree, which is right beneath the bark. If you'll take the bark off of a tree and you cut into that tree, you'll see a little bit of green. And then you'll see this white kind of area that's wet in there. Okay, 
You're getting into the phloem area of the tree and the feeder roots are sending all of that stuff that the tree needs. Now, as the leaves come out, the leaves produce what's, what's called a transpire, a transpiration. And they have a little hole in the leaf called, called a stomata. And the stomata begins to exhale ever oxygen from the tree. And as it's doing that, it's creating a siphon effect. And as the siphon effect goes throughout the tree, the tree's limbs are, are demanding from the siphoning effect more supply to create fruit. And in every single tree or in every single plant, everything that that plant is producing, everything that it's doing, it's trying to send to the fruit. So if you've got a tomato plant and you plant this tomato plant and you put chemicals in the ground and you put, you put all kinds of different kinds of uh, fertilizer in the ground, well, guess what's going to be found in that tomato? So you just ate what you put on it. It translocated it from the root and even from the leaves as the leaves absorb and pushes everything to the fruit. And that fruit is either good or bad. In your spiritual life, Jesus says, the tree is known by its fruit. Jesus says, I'm the vine, right? You're the branches, right? My father's the husbandman. He came, becomes vine. He takes care of this vineyard. The roots send up all this stuff. And the vines are supposed to, the, the branches on the vines are supposed to produce fruit. And if the, the, if the branches on the vine does not produce fruit, guess what happens? God cuts it off. Because the tree or the vine will always try to supply nutrients to that dead branch. And it will keep them nutrients from going to other producing branches. So you snip it off. Very good story, Jesus tells us, right? And in Galatians chapter 5, it tells us that the fruit, the fruit, there are fruits of the Spirit, your Spirit, and God's Holy Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit of man is found also in Galatians chapter 5, and hatred, and malice, and lust, and all these things. So you can tell what's going on in your heart and in your soul by what type of fruit that you're producing. So the spirit in you is either saved or it's corrupt. That is just a basic truth for every living man and woman. You're either of God or you're not of God. And there's, you can fake it, right? And try to produce fake fruit. You know, them, them rubber fruits you see like the, 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 them, them flowers that never stop blooming. You know, they're always beautiful even in the winter. Then you walk over to them and it's plastic. Right? A lot of people are like that. They produce plastic things that are not alive, but look alive. Right? But the fruit comes from your spirit. Who you are produces what you live and how you live and how you think. Okay. 
Every Christian, no matter who you are, will, will struggle with your thought life, will struggle with things. It's not saying that you will never, ever sin. But what it is saying is that inwardly, who you really are will show up. You will live how you truly believe. And you will produce only what you really are. Okay. Jesus said an evil tree cannot produce good fruit. It's going to show up at some point in time. Okay. So this is so important. How do I know if I'm a Christian? Let's look deep into you. For as he thinketh in his heart. So this is a very important in Proverbs 23, verse 7. The A half of verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm not talking about just your thoughts on how you process mathematics or if you're trying to put a sentence together and you're thinking, man, what was I taught in school and what is, what is MLA writing? I can't remember how all this punctuation goes and all this kind of stuff. What the important part of that particular verse is, is what it says when it says, for as he thinketh, listen, in his heart. Jesus also goes on to use the same analogy, if you will, when he says in Matthew 5, 27 through 29, he says, you have heard it says, do not do not commit adultery. He says, but I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her. Listen. In his heart. So the link here is a thought producing a thought life that is connected to your heart. A display of the condition of your heart produced in your thoughts. So this is a very interesting thing. So people say, how can I tell if I'm a Christian? First, I will tell you, what kind of fruit do you produce? Who are you? As the old Blake Shelton song says, when no one's looking. Who are you when no one's around? What's your thought life like? Are you hateful on the inside? Are you full of malice? Are you full of lust? Are you full of these kinds of things? The thoughts of your heart. The scripture says their thoughts of their hearts are continually evil. What is your heart like? Only you can answer this. Are you clean on the inside? When I say clean, is your thoughts holy? Do you think of God? Do you think of repentance? Does sinning bother you? Does, does saying something bad affect your heart? Does it, does it stab you to where you, you want to ask God to forgive, forgive you? Even if you're mad at someone and you say something, does it touch you, touch you in this and, and, and twist you inside to where that is a good thing. That is a fruit. That is a, that is a good thing. But what is your thought life like tied to your heart? This is the part of you that reveals your true nature. So when a person asks me, am I a Christian or not? 
How is the condition of your heart? When you think, what's your thought life like? When you act, what kind of fruit is your world producing? In Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to paraphrase and I'm going to look at some of these qualities. Uh, I'm just going to bring them up from the top of my head. The fruit of the Spirit is love, kindness, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faithfulness. Does those describe you? What's going on in your heart? Long-suffering? Is that you? Only you can answer that. But then it says the fruit of the flesh goes into all these other things. Malice, upheavals of all kinds, anger, uh, outbursts of anger, these lusts of all kinds, jealousies, envies. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head here without even looking at the Scripture. So there's two types of fruit that people produce. And you have to look at that. Okay? For as you think in your heart, so are you. It's very simple. Matthew 9, when Jesus had had dinner in the Pharisee's house and the woman came in and, and Jesus had told her that her sins were forgiven her. Jesus, who knows all things, looked at the Pharisees and it says, knowing their thoughts. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So Jesus went right to the root of the problem and said to the Pharisee, why do you entertain evil thoughts? Listen to this again. In your hearts. In your heart. In your heart means that's the place where decisions are made. When you think someone's lying to you or not for real in your heart, you doubt. That's the kind of thinking that goes on in your heart. When you truly believe something and you're in love with something and you look at someone and you tell them, I love you, that is coming from your heart unless you're being deceiving. But when you truly admire something, when you truly love, or love something, that, comes, that thought comes from your heart. Jesus looked into this man's heart and says, why are you entertaining these evil thoughts? What was these evil thoughts? The Bible goes on to say that if this man knew who this woman really was, he would have never did this. So he's not believing anything Jesus is doing. But he was entertaining evil thoughts. Even though his words and the things that he was saying... <clears throat> just be honest with me. How many people in here has said something that they really didn't mean and said it right to the person that they were talking to? Yeah, we all have. Someone might look at Shelly and say, Shelly, do you really forgive me? Yeah, I forgive you. But then Shelly's heart's going, I'd like to rip your throat out. That is entertaining evil thoughts. Instead of the Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. In other words, reflect in your heart, speak from your heart and speak truthfully from your heart. And especially, folks, listen to me when you're speaking to God. Don't pray to God something that you, you know in your heart you don't mean. 
Amen? Can I get a big old amen on that? Can I get a Pentecostal amen on it one time? Yeah! yeah. I'm almost going to start a Parisian like a thing. But we're going to get crazy in here now. I do the James Brand. That almost hurts my shoulder to do that. <laughs> I like this one. Luke chapter 11, 37 through 54. And this goes back into that same conversation. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside you're full of greed and wickedness. He knew this guy's thoughts. The Pharisee was worried that he wasn't keeping traditional law, which said that you have to uh, first wash before the meal. And that particular washing, you had to wash from the tip of your finger down to your elbow. And I forget the actual amount of times that you had to scrub and wash and water had to be poured on your hands all the way down to your elbow. Now, what kind of, I mean, I barely wash my hands at all. I get asked every time I come out of the bathroom, did you wash your hands? Like I'm now five years old. I got to tell you, 70% of the time I do. Can I get an amen? Give me a Pentecostal amen, folks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, wait a minute. That's not the truth. But he was surprised. So Jesus looked at this Pharisee and he looked at him in his heart and he said, you know what, you guys, you make the outside so beautiful, but you're full of wickedness on the inside. You foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside, listen to this, also make the inside as well? In other words, you know, I made you, and this is one way you can look at this. I made the outside. Don't you know what? Don't don't you know that I know what the inside looks like, too? can't fool God. You can't fool God. But give what is inside to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Jesus says, woe to you, Pharisees. Because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. In other words, you love to give God all the physical things, but you don't give God you. God's not in your heart. God doesn't want your, your garden herbs. He wants your heart. He wants this. Inwardly is the most important part. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, Jesus said in verse 43. Because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you. Because you are like unmarked graves, which men walk over without even knowing it. Wow, what an analogy. You're nothing but a tomb of death that people don't even know that they're dealing with. 
when they're dealing with you. Wow, that is that is awesome. One of the experts in the law answered him, teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. And Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you. Because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets and it was your forefathers who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your forefathers did. They killed the prophets and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute. This is much like what happened in America. American people built churches and then persecuted the preachers when they preached them the truth. I'll never fear a congregation. And I don't care who they are. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm going to preach the scriptures. I'm not going to preach people doctrines. I'm going to preach God's doctrine. And there's the, the American church did the same thing. We love to build churches and have church, but we don't want to hear the truth, Pastor Jay. We don't want to hear that. Now, on it. We want to be like Joel Osteen. And we, we want you to come in and, and tell us how great we are. And, and if you do it enough, we're going to give you a salary. How's that? Just make me feel good so that when I go do bad, I feel good enough that I don't feel so bad. He says this, Therefore this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. From the blood of Abel, to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you experts in the law because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered and you have hindered those who were entering. And when Jesus left there, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions waiting to catch him in something he might say. The thought life of man as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Paul looked at it like this and he said, think on these things. And again, I'm recalling from memory. Anything that's good. Anything that's holy. Anything that's of a good report. Anything that's truthful. Anything that's kind. He said, think on these things. Command your thought life. Take a hold of it. The scripture says, I will make a covenant with mine eyes. What that means is, I'm not going to even try to look at evil because of what it might produce in my heart. The mind is such a very powerful thing. If I say the word elephant, an elephant appears in your mind. That's why... Such things as marketing is such a more, it's, it's a psychological field as much as a physical field because a sign can produce thoughts. 
I know this because I worked in the industry for 32 years. Brown signs typically mean, hey, there's a park or something up here or some sort of tourist attraction. Orange and black signs means construction. Yellow and black signs mean caution, warning. Red sign with white letters mean gas it and keep going. No, it means what? Wow, wait a minute. You mean you've been conditioned to colors as well as just so when you look up and you look as you're driving down the highway and some scantily dressed woman is is holding a beer in her hand and your mind does what? Rich, I'll ask you. And Rich fails to comment, everyone. For all of you who are listening to the podcast, Rich was failed for words right here, folks. So I'll ask Tom. Tom, what do you think? And Tom doesn't want to answer that. (laughs) Julie. Not that I like throwing anybody under the bus around here. Advertising is a powerful thing. It produces thoughts in your mind. And so when the scripture says, I will make a covenant with my eyes, what that means is I'm going to try not to see the evil in things. And I'm not going to let that transfer into my heart. I often wondered that if a person was truly blind and they couldn't see the beautiful things of this world, a brand new car, or a brand new home, Would that change your desire for those things? But the the eye is a powerful thing. The gateway to the soul, they say. The thought life that it produces. Your thoughts are the inward reflection of what's really going on in your heart. For as a man thinketh in his heart... Your heart has a a process of thought life. And it is really who you are. 